Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Sleepers, Keepers, and Creepers with John and Paul, where we talk fantasy, big and small. All right, everybody. Episode 18-ish or so. Yeah. Already 18th episode. Yeah. That's crazy. And a little milestone for us, as you heard, we have ads now. Sorry if you have to listen to us spiel out one of those, but uh, <laughs> we guarantee we'll be passionate about what we say. Yes. Um, thanks for helping us get to this point. Highly appreciated. Sticking exactly. with us. Exactly. All the subscribers and listeners, it's been pretty encouraging. Um, so we want to help you guys with your money when it comes to fantasy football right now. Yeah. You'll hear us again at Fantasy Baseball, um, but fantasy football... Playoff week for a lot of people, number one, and we're going to tell you who to start, who to not start, and if you're looking for somebody to kind of sleep on, get them in your lineup, you got it. Yep, that's the key. Most of the weeks, we like to get tight end out of the way, because it's a very bland specialty position. Um, Highly top-heavy. Yeah. This week, I I think we got some interesting things to say, at least I do. Um, So, let's start with our keepers this week, John. Yep, this week my keeper is going to be a very familiar name, Travis Kelsey. Um, last week, holy moly, he carried my fantasy team in one league. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge game. Um, and I think this week it is a much harder matchup against Baltimore's defense than what he was facing last week. But I think with the surprising insta-release of Kareem Hunt this uh, last week, I think it's got to be more passing in Kansas City's offense, especially against this Baltimore run defense in this particular week. So Travis Kelsey's my dude. I don't think if there's a way that you're going to beat the Baltimore defense, it's going to be probably through the tight end position. I mean, they're ranked 20th against tight ends, which is not bad, but it's a little more pedestrian. So I think he's a safe bet, especially over uh, a fellow chief uh, Tyreek Hill this week. So I think he's got to be the cog that allows this offense to run. So he's my keeper of the week. Yeah, I can't doubt. Kelsey's had a great season, but I, my keepers I like both more than Kelsey would be Eric Ebron and Ertz. If I mean, if you're doing daily fantasy, I think those for their dollars a better uh, buy than Kelsey this week, just because of that Baltimore defense. And I think it's interesting that you said you know surprisingly cut Hunt, but if anybody wants to backtrack to our very original <laughs> episodes, I think I mentioned that Hunt may have been a creeper for me, and it was honestly not because of his talent or anything, but people that knew of like knew intimately of the situation with Hunt and his off the field issues were saying like, this is worse than Zeke. So I was like, Oh, if you're telling me this is worse than Zeke, what this guy's doing, we may see something play out. I all of a sudden out of nowhere, when those videos released, I was, it took me by surprise because, you know, I thought it would have been dealt with a long time ago. Yeah. But now he's got three incidents they're looking into and, Honestly, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like Ray Rice, and we've seen the last of Hunt already. So honestly, I wouldn't either. I mean, the only thing that separates him in the Ray Rice situation is simply he has way more talent than Ray Rice did whenever the, this information came up. But I don't know how you warrant, <laughs> from a PR standpoint, picking him back up. Right. And at such a disposable position like running back, which I mean stinks for running backs, but for organizations, it's not going to hurt you as much. It's pretty easy to find a replacement-level running back that's not going to ruin your fantasy or your real team or your fantasy team. Yeah, and a lot of people may say you're crazy, but an offensive line definitely makes a lot of running backs out there. There's some people that separate themselves, but the shelf life of a running back is pretty much two to three very good years. And yeah. once those wheels have been churned too much, then they start to kind of putter off. And if you exceed that, of course, but right. and you then- look at the history of most. Like, we got the Saquon Barkley's breaking the offensive line rule where they can't have huge seasons with a bad offensive line. Yeah. Whoops. He breaks that mold. Yeah, he he looked so good last week. That's on me. I thought they were going to struggle against Chicago, but he proved he's even more matchup proof. Yeah. He was going to be in my my lineup no matter what, but my expectations would have been real low. And for daily fantasy purposes, which is basically where where we're talking for most of these keepers, I would have not picked him up at all. I would have had no confidence at all against the Chicago yeah. D with a good D line ruining their O line, but yeah, he's been a tough daily fantasy play for sure. But yeah, he'd be played great. Let's I give him two see. tight ends. That would be tough uh, plays this week. Either daily fantasy or your regular lineup. You may find a sleeper better than these creepers. Who's your creeper? My creeper was uh, Hooper this week. Um, I I've never really been big on Hooper, but the season he's put up is undeniable. I mean, he's been. A low-end tight end one pretty much the whole year. And he's been getting targets yeah. in almost every game. Never loved him. 
I'm just respecting what he is a little bit more. But this week, especially against Green Bay, their third hardest fantasy matchup so far for tight ends this year, and they're just way more susceptible in other areas. And there's no way that they go in drawing up plays to get Hooper the football yeah. specifically. Yeah. So I'm just thinking it's going to be way more along the lines of Ridley, Julio, Sanu, and through the passing game that they're going to be beating him with wide receivers down the field. To make you even more certain about your point, an interesting stat I came across is that Green Bay's only given up one touchdown to tight ends on the season. Bang. You're telling me that not many <laughs> touchdowns. Hooper's pretty much touchdown dependent for being a tight end one play. Yeah, he is. Especially an upper end. Like yeah. he, he might be still floating around the 40-yard mark, but what tight end really isn't that plays most of the time. Right. So if, if you're playing with the 40, 40 yards as your expectation, you're probably not going to be playing the right tight end. Especially with some sleepers we found out there. Well, you mentioned him. I'm going to say Kyle Rudolph. He's got the name. He's in a good offense. Mm-hmm. Um, not too good of an offense against New England last week. but Surprisingly. He's given you the resume on the season. and It's not like he's just going to flash out of nowhere. Um, this is a tough matchup in Seattle. Um, very tough on tight ends on so the lower tier of the league. And um, I, I just have no trust in him right now with the amount of digs and Thielen work that you're seeing. And, and even with Cook back, too. Yeah, he's starting to finally come online for Cook as well. So those people are people we would say to keep out of your lineups. Fully agree. Whether daily or weekly. Um, but sleepers, who are we going to say to replace him with then? I actually got a name or two that sounds actually pretty appealing for once. Usually I'm pretty low on the sleepers when you're looking at people that just aren't owned or really not on people's radars. One of them that's probably still floating around there for you is Ian Thomas, the tight end for Carolina. So with the injury to Greg Olson, it's really opened up some room for him. Last week he had five catches for 46 yards. Like we were just talking about, I feel like that's my expectation for a lot of tight ends when they're not getting touchdowns. So Mm -hmm. to show that, um, encouraging. And then with Carolina always using the tight end more than I would say the average offense in the passing game, I I like it. Cleveland's 23rd against tight ends in fantasy uh, for fantasy points given up this year. That's definitely not a tough matchup. I just think there's much worse tight end plays you can do, and he's pretty well available in most leagues. Yeah, I mean, I like that without Olsen there. I think it mainly benefits McCaffrey, as I'll probably talk about later. But I (laughs) I have two for you, okay? Okay. One is a cheat this week. You're cheating. One's a cheat. Is so it, both it? of my tight ends are coming from Pittsburgh. Oh. Who are they? Are you going to say Mr. Jesse James and Vance McDonald? I'm not going to say Jesse James. I'm going to say somebody has tight end eligibility in most of the leagues that you're playing in, and that is Jalen Samuels, who will be starting this running back committee Why James Conner is out. Hang on. <laughs> There's a – I didn't even hear about this. Running back tight end eligibility for Mr. Samuels. While Connor's out, and they did say that they're going to go to the committee with Stephen Ridley, and this I don't care if it's committee, whatever they say, especially when they say he's going to be leading the committee for a tight end position. Yes, please put him in there. He's number one waiver claim just on his running back status, but to get him and be able to plug him in at tight end for most leagues, yeah. So go ahead and get him. Like I said, he's going to be leading this committee and. At Oakland, this stat I'm going to give you is what they're doing with opposing, uh, with opponents rushing. Um, five yards to the carry, 153 yards with 11 touchdowns of opposition running backs. So Juicy. Kind of weird that I'm talking tight end but giving you running back defensive stats. <laughs> but if that's where he's playing, going to be actually taking snaps in the game. So, And then the other one, tight end-wise, if you're looking for a legitimate tight end, I am going to go with Vance McDonald, not Jesse James. It's... Um, Vance McDonald in there, every time he's on the field, he's on there to run a route. It's like over 90% of what he's doing on the field is running routes. He's not a blocker. And Oakland is the worst team in the league when it comes to opposition's tight ends. So, there you go. I was definitely on board with Vance McDonald. That would have been my other name if we were on the same page. I'm all even just throw in no Connor this week. It probably means more red zone targets to be in, used in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Even if it is such a juicy running back matchup as well, which I completely agree with, I think Vance McDonald has a, a slight uptick in probability to touchdown this week as well. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. Two tight ends, kind of, from Pittsburgh. <laughs> kind of indeed. I mean, I think Samuels, if he's got tight end eligibility in your league, he's top five tight end plays. I mean, e- easily. <laughs> easy. I mean, because if you're looking at just having a good game – 
if he has 10 carries for five yards apiece, no upside carries at all in the mm-hmm. game, no touchdowns, you're at least producing tight end numbers. Yeah. It's back when Ty Montgomery w- was a running back, and he's got wide receiver eligibility, and he's playing wide receiver in every league pretty much. Yep. People are crying for running back eligibility. I'm like, why do you? <laughs> I don't know of a team that that's wide receiver heavy, but anyways. That doesn't help. <laughs> right. I don't know. But yeah, Samuels, if he's got tight end eligibility, that's a cheat right there. You're putting a close to an RB1 if he really leads that committee against Oakland. Connor is good for sure, but Connor is definitely, as we we're talking about before this podcast, a product of a fantastic offensive line. One hundred percent, couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, look at what Le'Veon Bell did. I think Le'Veon Bell is a good running back, so don't get me wrong here. But Connor coming in and being so inefficient in Week One in a rainy game with bad conditions, and you're like, oh, okay, whatever. But as the season went along, he's had a lot of duds throughout this year against harder yeah. matchups. So I think. He definitely excels based on his offensive line. For sure. I think he's one of those guys that if you swap Saquon Barkley with Connor, you're going to be oh seeing Connor gosh. put up what, like, I can't even think of a good example. Like, like Peyton like, Barber. Peyton Barber. That's a great example. I was going to say way back machine Brandon Jacobs back there, where you might see a guy that produces well enough to be relevant in fantasy, but I don't think anyone was wowed by that. Yeah. But Saquon Barkley's doing some magical things if he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Cool beans. So we've been doing a little bit of talking about running backs. We'll just talk about running backs, a period. Yeah, might as well. Mm, let's switch up our format a little bit. We started Keeper last time. Let's start with our Creepers this week. I agree. I think I'm going to go with one Creeper that I, I think is just kind of surprising. I just don't want anybody to get too, too excited about this. I'm going to put Spencer Ware on my Creeper list this week. Mm-hmm. And it feels weird to put a Creeper down as... A person that was unowned <laughs> like two seconds ago. But I think with Spencer Ware playing against Baltimore, and we've seen how Baltimore's defense has played for the majority of the season, I don't think he's a great play this week. Yeah, especially because he wasn't too good last week when we talk about efficiency-wise. Yeah. So even though that offense is amazing, and I love Spencer Ware as a, as a claim for the rest of the season, he's clearly worth owning. Don't panic. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to say any of that. But I think this week he is merely just a – Eh, flex play, right? considering the matchup. So don't be taking out any quality running backs if you added them to your team a couple minutes ago. I would rather go with a lot of other people than Spencer Ware this week. I dig it. I'll give you two names. One, because I just mentioned him, Peyton Barber. <laughs> I don't want him <laughs> in any lineups this week against New Orleans. Yes. I just don't. There's just Maybe he gets a touchdown and he makes it look a little bit smart, but... That is a horrible matchup. Um, but Chris Carson as well. This is going to be one of those weeks where another Seattle running back ends up doing better than Chris Carson, and then he's probably going to be on our studs and duds list later on the podcast. We, we've probably. been talking about all of these running backs out of Seattle um, in San Francisco all season long. But Chris Carson versus Minnesota, 10th fewest uh, fantasy points to running backs. He's pretty much become touchdown dependent. He's not hitting yards really anymore at all. He made a nice yeah. flip over a player, so congratulations if you got style points in your fantasy league. <laughs> but uh, he's already questionable, too. I know it's his finger. It took him out of one game. Um, so I'm not playing him. He's not getting 80 yards rushing, and Minnesota's not giving over 60 if you look at recent trends. So, yeah, I agree. I'll also throw Adrian Peterson on the creeper train. I know last week you might look at his stats and say, oh, nice, 98 yards and a touchdown. Just remember, 90 of those and a touchdown were in one carry. So that was not a very consistent performance he put up last week. I I do believe he's going to get a lot of volume. uh, But with another injury at quarterback for Washington, all I can see is... With Sanchez handing the ball to him, it's just... I'm just highly worried. Like, how do you... If you tell me, what do you think about that team with Mark... Sanchez holding, handing the ball off to Adrian Peterson. I'm like, are we in like 2013, 20, <laughs> 2012? Like, this is a weird Jets offense. That's a starting <laughs> roster in 2018? Like, what? It is so surprising. <laughs> but, and I know the Giants give up 4.4 yards a carry, which isn't soft. Right. But it's also not miserable. Yeah. So I think that they'll just get keyed on, even though the matchup may, might not look that terrible. And you might look at Peterson with, he's going to get more volume. I agree. But the Giants, he hasn't been Peyton terrible. Peyton Barber gets a ton of volume. But it doesn't always equal production. No. 
So unless he gets a touchdown, I'm not liking him. I think he is a weak flex play. I'd rather pick up a lot of other running backs that have been floating around the league the last few weeks. This is usually where I give my Deion Lewis update because I've been flabbergasted <laughs> by him all season long. But Might as well. Finally, he gets like six carries in a game, and that's the way it should be. So Vrabel's listening. Well, Mr. Vrabel, you've done some good things in Tennessee, but I'm glad you finally saw the light. With that being said, don't play any Tennessee running backs this week against Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Period. Um, although Derrick Henry did have 10 rushes for 40 yards, again efficient, like he always is in a touchdown last week. So he kind of hit that sleeper that I had him at last week. Yeah. Um, with that being said, let's transition into sleepers. Who you got? I like it. Um, I got a... I got one guy that I was a little bit not super high on last week, Austin Eckler. I love him this week. And it's basically one simple formula that you're going to see a lot tonight that I'm going to at least mention. Anyone playing Cincinnati, oh, yeah. anyone mm-hmm. on the offensive side mm-hmm. of football is a must play. They are currently rate, rated 32nd against the run for fantasy purposes. And uh, Gordon is uh, not going to be on the field. Yeah. So I, I love him. There's nothing not to like. But that I, I want to also extrapolate a little bit more. Justin Jackson, another running back from San Diego. I might even like him more than I like Austin Eckler after the way he's been playing the last few games. Also playing at Cincy, both on the same team. Seven carries uh, for 57 yards two weeks ago and eight carries for 63 yards and a touchdown last week. So low carry numbers overall, but his efficiency is very like good. Like David Morse status, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cincinnati got jealous of everybody in Ohio saying that Ohio State's defense was the worst in the state. So <laughs> Cincinnati's like, we got to step our game down. Challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> we are the worst. Yes. So Represent. I, <laughs> I think both might be able to give you running back two production that you're probably going to be starting in your flex if you have them on your roster. I say Eckler gives you one. Running back one. Who at the ceiling, I (laughs) would agree. I mean, your floor is probably RB2, but just nitpicking a little bit on that one. I think they're both such strong plays this week. Yeah, it's Cincinnati. Last week, we dogged on them a little bit because Pittsburgh, but they still perform. That Chargers offense, and we had that big talk one week about them and the the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Now Hunt and Ware switched. I I, I definitely like the Chargers even that much more. Yeah. Especially because I like the Chargers defense much more. Um. Anyways, so you took them. I'm going to take somebody that's under-owned, uh, sleeper that you could probably go out there and get on the waiver wire if you're lucky and fortunate enough, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, 35 carries in the last two games. It looks like on Johnson's going to miss another game. Um, going up against Arizona, given second most uh, fantasy points to running backs, four and a half yards per carry, 140.9 uh, rushing yards per game, and 17 touchdowns. You tell me 35 carries and then going up against Arizona, I want that running back. <laughs> Game over, man. <laughs> Sadly, LeGarrette Blunt is one of my least favorite running backs in the league when it comes to getting a huge workload like that. If you told me Zach Zinner was going to be carrying the ball more than him, was, was going to get, you know, 15-plus carries against Arizona, I'd actually feel a lot more confident about that. It just there's yeah. no explosiveness left to LeGarrette Blunt. But but also, he is stable. Like, he still moves forward with the yeah. football. So even if he's highly inefficient – him the, now is like a prime Rudy Johnson. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, probably. So um, there you go against Arizona. That's good. Rudy and if you're Johnson, <laughs> name drop, oh, yeah. Lily, I wasn't ready. <laughs> um, and if you're really desperate, I think you could actually play Rex Burkhead. I know he didn't play many snaps last week, but he's back. Um, seven carries, two targets uh, against Miami. He's given up a good amount of points to to running backs. I think you should. Think flex maybe. Think if you're so. thinking like, man, I'm playing Chris Carson this week, I'd say that ah, take the take a chance on Rex Burkhead, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it is weird having three running backs there, but New England's infamous for rotating people, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a touchdown and like a twenty yard on a twenty yard catch or something, something like that. Because they're not, I don't think they're going to be throwing down the field very much. But that's only in desperate situations. If you can get Blunt, though, I think Blunt is a pretty safe play for RB two status. And now that leaves us with our keepers. I've only got one guy on my list for this one, and it's just because I feel so blown away by it, and I wanted to spend a minute on it. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he was on there last week. Holy moly, yeah. There's no one hotter in the NFL at running back than him. Yeah. I mean, maybe Gurley's better. Actually, I'll say Gurley is better. 
It's just in this offense with Carolina, he is clearly the focal point on the ground and probably through the air as well. He's playing against Cleveland, 25th against running backs. They're giving up 4.8 yards of carry. He can catch as well, so even if they decide to buckle him up a little bit on the actual runs, I think it's just going to be tough. I, I, I just love him. So yeah. I think Christian McCaffrey really blew all my expectations of being able to actually carry the ball for close to double-digit consistently carries per game. I didn't even expect that. And then he's almost touching like the 10 targets a game sometimes. Even. Right. So dual-threat weapon, great matchup. What's not to like? Yeah. Um. They may have a Cam Newton problem on their hands in Carolina. They're not a very winning football team recently. Uh, I don't know. No, they're not. But, hey, for fantasy reasons, keep them in there. I don't like them, but there you go. <laughs> well, you took Christian McCaffrey, who's the, especially with Olsen out. Um, Christian McCaffrey's so solid. But I'm going to back up a guy that you always back up. And I think with McCarthy gone, that is great for the Green Bay Packers in general. Not saying McCarthy's a bad coach. But he's always been pass-heavy. Mm-hmm. So no matter who it is, and although this guy's track history um, hasn't been really run-heavy necessarily either, but Philbin, uh, you look back to his most recent head coaching job, was with the Dolphins from 2012 to 2015 with Tannehill. And um, you can you, it's got to even out the offense somewhat. And I think that benefits Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was rarely inefficient last week. Against Atlanta, though, just tons of points going up to running backs. Mm-hmm. 4.9 yards per carry, 130.7 yards per game. I think Jamal Williams was definitely benefiting from McCarthy being there. He was one of his puppies while Papa Jones was in the doghouse. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't think there's any reason why, especially with Aaron Jones improving his pass blocking on the season, that Aaron Jones isn't featured in this game. And he's got to be a very safe play for running back one. In my opinion, although he let you down last week a little bit. little, but he did have a touchdown. So his his touchdown him. numbers over the last five weeks really help instill right. confidence as well. Right. And that, show. And that offense with no Mick McCarthy, I'm not worried about a complete regression. I feel like the worst you'll probably see it is last week. Because, I mean, A, the Cardinals defense matches up well against the Packers in general. And then, B, it's going up against Atlanta yeah. this week. So To Philbin's credit, I was telling John, too, that in his time at Miami, he took a 27th-ranked offense and brought it up to 11. But he plummets with defense. But, hey, Green Bay wins with offense anyways. <laughs> yeah, what defense? Yeah. That's kind of where they were at before. <laughs> all right, all right. Wide receiver or quarterback, John? What you want to do? I'm feeling receiver. Let's work back to the field generals this week. All right. Are you feeling a category of KSC that you'd like to talk about? Let's go sleepers first. All right. All right. What you got? I think the one that I'm kind of going with is a bit of a gut reaction, and it kind of feels bad because he's owned in a lot of leagues, but to me, he kind of shouldn't be if you look at his actual stat lines. Calvin Ridley. I think this is a week where you plug him back in against Green Bay. As you said, Philbin has uh, struggled with making sure defenses are under control. It uh, doesn't feel like that long ago where I was telling you Green Bay's pass defense was under underrated. It's been a straight nosedive since yeah. that, that moment I said that. Uh, Green Bay is 29th against fantasy wide receivers so far this year. The turn, turmoil in Green Bay can't help the situation with a lot of this. And with all the weapons that they're going to be guarding, I know they're going to be keying on Julio Jones again. I think Ridley's going to be the one to actually thrive this week. Um, I, I just He's been inconsistent, but his... The ceiling is the moon. I'm him. feeling you. I'm thinking Calvin Ridley has a good week, and I think Jones may have a down week. Not as down as last week. <laughs> Hopefully not for all Not that crazy, but I'm just saying that. Fantasy owners have had him. <laughs> Feels bad, man. But, yeah, I'm completely with you. I think he'll be pretty good. Um, at least he's definitely worth the flex play this week. I think he has a lot of upside matchups favorable. I yeah. like him. Yeah, but I think Green Bay wins, and I think it's a good story, and... I think Green Bay sees that their sales and if you don't, if you're thinking all oh, this guy's crazy, you look at my last bold calls in like the last four weeks. <laughs> They've been pretty. You unfold. you wanted to who was confident about the Dallas Cowboys winning against the Saints? You would have been if you would have listened. Uh, I told you it was going to happen. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> well, then I'll give two sleepers just because they're not owned. Uh, these are people you can snag. Zay Jones finally looked like he was on uh, the same page with Allen last week. He yeah. should add three touchdowns. I like to see the red zone targets in a wide receiver, and he's getting them. And New York Jets, 
defense has just fallen apart ever since they picked off uh, – what's that dude's name? Stafford. Matt Stafford in week one like 85 times. And ever since then, not so good. So he could go off. I like his ceiling. I like Dante Pittis's floor. Um, going up against Denver, and you look at Denver's defense, and they've been pretty good against wide receivers. So are you really that trusty? Um, somebody's got to score some points in San Francisco. Plus, no Chris Harris this week for Denver. Um, and in the last two weeks, 14 targets for Pittis with 206 yards and three touchdowns. So, Dang. yeah, he's stepping up with it. Why Garcon and Goodwin's been banged up. Yeah. So there's some people we can get a hold of. I don't even know if you necessarily need to put a waiver claim on them since we're doing this episode a day early for y'all. Yeah. And you can try to get some of these names. Bonus coverage. What? what? I also think Cortland Sutton's pretty interesting. I mean, just looking at his season, he's been fairly consistent. Like, his upside hasn't been there. But with um, Sanders being a little less involved uh, in the last few weeks, I think I'm sensing a changing of the guard a bit there. I know that they need to get more weapons involved in the passing game. I think he might be a focus. Um, I'm not expecting a giant, huge, explosive game. But I think he's definitely a guy that I would consider a, at least a very good waiver claim going forward for the rest of the year and probably uh, a decent play this week in San Francisco. There are definitely no studs against the pass. So there's the sleepers. Who are we creeping on? Hmm, creepers for me. I thought about this one a little bit. Who are we plugging these sleepers in for? I think Kenny Galladay. I think after I watched Arizona really bottle up uh, the passing game overall for the Packers in the game and with the injuries to... Um, a lot of the Detroit running backs, I'm just seeing Galladay as a really successful or a, a really struggling start against this more successful Arizona defense recently through the air. Patrick Peterson will be matching up with them, and I don't think that's the favorable thing that you want. I think it'll be a harder matchup for him to be able to get open in. Talk about a gnarly football game. Detroit, Arizona. <laughs> a lot of disappointment around those parts, I think. Although, as much as I've beaten up on Stafford all season long, if you just flop quarterbacks there, Rosen for Stafford, I think the Cardinals are actually a pretty good football team, so it's kind of weird. It is a little weird. Think about that. I guess it's grass is always greener on the other side. I don't know. Something like that. When you're in Rome. <laughs> when you're, there's probably something know. for that. I don't know. So I'm thinking uh, Galladay is just not a very reliable play. I think he's probably still at least a flex play for sure. Maybe really low end wide out too. But I would be trying to get him out of your lineup if you have a guy that can replace him. Well, here's a guy I'm kind of creeping on. And the more I think about it, the more I creep on him to the point I don't know if I would even play him. And that's Tyler Boyd. Um, AJ Green out for the rest of the season. I think next season, no matter what, Tyler Boyd's going to be the better guy than A.J. Green. I've already talked about it. I think A.J. Green's on the decline. Boyd's more talented. And as long as A.J. Green's playing football, he's going to be drawing corner one coverage. That's another discussion to have later on. But now Tyler Boyd's getting uh, cover one. And they're going up against Los Angeles, who's ninth fewest, eighth fewest yards per game to wide receivers, I believe. And Driscoll's still throwing the football for Cincinnati. I know it's going to be a shootout in Boyd's easily the most talented, so it'd be hard for me to bench him. But at the same time, if you look back on this week and he's got like 20-something yards, I'm kind of not surprised. Driscoll's averaging like six yards per attempt, so. Yeah, it's a lot of short stuff. And if I can remember from a lot of the games I've watched with the Bengals, it's been a lot of underneath crossing routes, less running down the field. Yeah. I don't think that's really Boyd's game anyway. And so with the stingy pass defense, I imagine there'll be more underneath stuff closer to the line of scrimmage, not farther down the field. But here's the name of creep on even more, who I would take out for Pittis or Jones or Randy Moss. Um, Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. And I've said it so many times. I don't understand all the acquisitions they made. Congratulations, you added a wide receiver, and he effectively phased out your other wide receiver when that wasn't even your problem anyways. Um, but Alshon Jeffrey, just 13 targets in the last three games, going to get, going up against Dallas, um, in Dallas, uh, who's given up third fewest points to wide receivers, and no bueno. It just surprises me. I mean, just looking at him, I kind of mentioned this earlier to you when we were prepping a little bit, is he's only 91% of league still. If you you change nameplates from Alshon Jeffrey with anyone else, I don't think he's in your lineup. No. After 35 yards, 48 yards, 33 yards, 39 yards, 31 yards. Mm Mm-hmm. 
the 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 Eagles' offense has really just stagnated over the last few weeks, especially through the air, and he seems to be completely faded. They out. have done a very good job of padding their stats when it doesn't matter. Like the Redskins, they beat the Redskins last week. So why are you bashing Philadelphia? You say, well, they beat the uh, injured Colt McCoy and Mark Sanchez last week. Like, if they didn't beat them, like. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I'm sorry for the Redskins because they were they were looking like a contender in a poor division, but Dallas has taken that over now. Yeah, it's game over for them, unfortunately. There was three sad things that happened this season. You know, of course the Alex Smith entry was detrimental. It was sad seeing Colt McCoy go, but your season was over. But the Amari Cooper trade shot yourself in the foot. Because I think before that trade there were actually the best team in that division, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, because whenever you reinforce the biggest – weakness of the entire Dallas team which was clearly the wide receiver position I mean you just can't have Cole Beasley as your number one only receiver and Alan Hearns going up against number one coverage yeah Yeah. it just isn't gonna work Dallas looks so good now they look rejuvenated whenever you got people actually going against the coverages they're supposed to be going against and you could have heard it here way in advance y'all because we've been talking Dallas up for a couple couple weeks a couple eppies yeah but uh anywho Keeper, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it because I like to pick keepers that had a down week last week to kind of give you more confidence when it comes to wide receivers because there's so many names. So both of my wide receivers had down weeks. Um, And it wasn't even that down because he had 75 yards receiving. He did lose a fumble, which kind of sucked. But Amari Cooper, um, he's just so good. And tons of targets. Ten targets last time against Philadelphia, which I think was the second game that he was with Dallas gets a rematch against Philadelphia, who's given up 276 receiving yards per game, six most in the league, fire him up this week. Because I guarantee you it's Dallas, let alone, as we've talked about that. So it'll be televised. Um, Any game on television, I just feel like this Dallas team is going to show up, people. It's kind of weird. It It is interesting. It is interesting. Um, A couple of my keepers this week. I have a couple people on my list this week. Keenan Allen, because he's playing Cincinnati, if you want another reason, he has four straight games with a touchdown. When it comes to watching people run routes, Keenan Allen is one of the most unguardable people in the NFL. The only thing that's held him back this year, like you talked about, is touchdowns and just being in a crowded, amazing offense. But yeah, I digress. Run first, crowded offense with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's so good. Yeah. And him being out of the offense typically would hurt most people's production unless you're going to Cincinnati. So... I think he's absolutely money. I don't know how you would ever think about taking him out of your lineup. And he's probably, for daily fantasy, rated a little lower just because his name is Keenan Allen. And not a lot of people follow him the same way that all the elite wide receivers are. Like, if you're telling me who's better, Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins this week, I'm taking Keenan Allen. Yeah. So. Kind of like Christian Yelich. Like, what kind of name is that for the Milwaukee Brewers? It's like Keenan Allen. Yeah. But he's, he's very been around young. a while, yeah. right? And then <laughs> I like to watch run, wide receivers run the rounds and then judge them by that. And both of the people I mentioned, when I watch them play, I'm just like, man, like they burn people so bad. Yeah, they look so good. Um, also, I'll go with Mike Evans. Yeah, there you go. New Orleans, great game flow. Thirty second rated against uh, fantasy wide receivers this week. They can't run. We both completely agree that Peyton Barber's. On all formats, unplayable this week. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going for PPR and you're desperate and you or have you four injured wide Or you think that chance for a touchdowns enough, maybe as a flex. I mean, maybe it happens, I guess, but yep. it's not my There's going to be points. Bet. Yeah. Mike Evans, though, he's coming off a little bit of a slower week, but don't fear it. I, I think Winston's been playing very well. I don't expect that to completely fall off in one week by any means. No. So I've been impressed with Winston, I'll, I'll admit it. No turnovers in the last two games. Uh, no picks, I should say, in the last two games. So, and and like I said, I like to take wide receivers that had a down week, have confidence in them. Mike Evans fits that mold. Forty eight like receiving yards last week. Last time he played New Orleans, he had one hundred and forty seven with the touchdowns, so pretty much. Yeah. And then I'll also throw in Antonio Brown for a kick. Twelve touchdowns so far this year, and we're not even done. <laughs> this yeah. man has been in the end zone a lot. No Connor, that has to help as well. Um, huge game last week, like over one hundred and fifty yards. So just. Fire him up. He's amazing. Daily fantasy, I would pay the price for him almost no matter what it is against Oakland. So that's how I'm feeling about my wideouts. Cool beans. The beans are cool. You wanted to get to the field, Marshall. Well, here we are. And I, you said he's been so amazing for that team, Melvin Gordon. Here's who's been amazing to me. And I'm going to start it off with the keeper and quarterback, Phillip Rivers. Mm. Zero games without at least two touchdowns all season long. 
nuts. That is insane. And and he is what makes that whole machine go. And he's only got six picks on the season going up against Cincinnati. That's why, to take us to our, I don't want to chime in on it and have the big debate again, but that's why, again, I like the Chargers more than the Chiefs. So, anywho's. It's hard to argue with. Anywho's. But I uh, will completely agree with you. River's great. Good, strong play. But my my keeper of the keepers, the absolute crown jewel will be Drew Brees this week against Tampa Bay. Last time he played, 31 fantasy points against Tampa Bay. It was not week one, and I think Tampa Bay's defense has been playing a little better throughout the season, but only marginally. <laughs> They're still not good by any means. Mm-hmm. I think he's just a lock. I think we'll see Michael Thomas rebound after two straight weeks a little bit more. I think he'll just... Drew Brees will definitely bounce back from 127 with a touchdown and a pick. It was the first game that it looked like that New Orleans team wasn't automatic. See, I'm just feeling the story, though. I think who may be quarterback number one this week, and it's not even that crazy, but it is kind of crazy because quarterbacks are so good this season because of the rules. But Aaron Rodgers this week is going to go off. Ooh, you like Aaron Rodgers? Yes. He is going to go off. He is going to be happy. McCarthy's gone. He's a diva, whether you like to say it or not. Absolutely is a diva. And, and he is just going to – it's going to be the perfect story. He's going to dice Atlanta at home, I think. And it's not going to be that hard because Atlanta's not even that good. Like, second worst against quarterbacks this whole season. So, yeah. Can't beat it. They've allowed three touchdowns in seven, seven separate games this season. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> Twenty-one touchdowns at least. In seven games. So. Oh man! Woo. Ouch! Hot dog! Hot dog! <laughs> I also think Roethlisberger is really that's good. That's three plus touchdowns, I should say too. Yeah, I it could be more. That. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. There's just, all the quarterbacks, like you just said. There's yeah. so many. I, ben Roethlisberger always has the fluky pick thing, but and it is an away game. But it's Oakland. But it's Oakland. <laughs> and he has to throw so much that it might not even matter. Yeah. Even if he throws three picks, I'm still taking Roethlisberger. Right. I don't even need to know the rest. <laughs> Just because I think, I don't know how it is in at least 300 yards and at least three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's just such a component of that offense. He's blown me away this year, really, when you look at his stats. He's had some real ugly roethlisberger turnover games. That as just, ugly as they started. Yeah. I'm I blown away. I mean, you have to give props to Tomlin to be able to reel this back in. Because a lot of te- a lot of teams would have lost it, where they couldn't have got refocused so quickly. Because they were looking like they were doomed to not make the playoffs early mm-hmm. on in the season, where everyone else was playing well in the division, and now <laughs> flip flop. No, they're just dominating it. Let's just go down in order, man. Sleepers, my sleepers feel like they've been the same for the, like the past five weeks. Nobody's picking these people up, and they just keep churning in good games. So who do you got sleeping? Uh, I got a one I'm not uber confident in, but this is the one that's probably still the most easy to get. I like Lamar Jackson against Kansas City. The game flow is a risk, but I'm hoping that the Baltimore defense is going to keep it close in this game and that he'll be able to play his game, which is running the football. Is he healthy? Is he good to go? I Jackson thought he was. I mean, it looked like... RG3 looked looking. good last week when he was in. Yeah, I'll have to look. Um... Double check it. But anyways, yeah, I agree. But while that's going down, yeah. I I think that just the fact that he gets the rushing yards like that all the way through and against the Kansas City defense, I'm definitely not scared by any means. No. And, uh, yeah, it looks like he has no injury tag as of this exact moment. Okay. It may have been just like a drive thing because I watched the RG3 drive and I was like, hey, it didn't look too bad. Good for him. Yeah. And if he were to go down – well, never mind. That's for another – that's a whole another topic. <laughs> That's another ball game. Anyways. But I would say Lamar Jackson is still a, a low-end quarterback one. He's, a, he's only owned in 51% of leagues. I think you can get a hold of him. I think what you saw last week is about his probably standard average game of like 16.5. And I think you're never going to really fall too far below that based on the rushing yards. Because he has had four turnovers in his three games and only one passing touchdown. But when you get the rushing yards that you get, and against Kansas City, that's not a particularly good D, you're getting 71 yards rushing probably at least from him so far this season. He's had 119, 107, or 119, 71 in a touchdown, and 75 in a touchdown on the ground. So with those numbers alone, I'm feeling like it's okay to roll him out in this particular game as well. Well, I'll just toss out the same names I've been tossing out for weeks now. It's been three quarterbacks pretty much. Yep. 
Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, and then Dak Prescott. But not Dak, Dak Prescott this week so much. I mean, it's not a bad matchup. I don't think it's bad to play him at all. He could easily, especially with his rushing talent. But my biggest sleepers were Baker Mayfield against Carolina, who Winston just went for 249 with two touchdowns and no picks. So that bodes well for May- Mayfield, who, if you look at him, especially now with the Kitchens offense, is just airing it out. We're looking at a guy that's 30 to 40 pa- like attempts per game, um, and he's doing well with it too. So he is just so safe. And who I think is a little bit less safe, but will have another great game probably, is Jameis Winston uh, against yeah. New Orleans. And no picks for two weeks in a row. Tell me that with Jameis Winston. And I'm either saying those are some really good games where he's on the bench. And <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans with 279.3 passing yards against per game. Um, gosh, I, I like both of those matchups. But there is so many keepers. So there's only a few people owned in that I would consider creepers that I would sub them in over. Yeah, like maybe Carson Wentz, we still have money. There you go. Maybe if you have Kirk Cousins against Seattle, I wouldn't be playing this week. I'd be much more apt to go after Winston, who's still only getting added in like 4% of leagues or something. Who? Like, oh, Winston got updated 8% more over this last week um, against Carolina. But still in the 50s around there for people. Yeah. Crazy. I I have met like 63 after the 8%. So he was in the 50s before this is going on. So. Definitely not spiking up that ownage chart. And to me, I think he's a safer play than probably Kirk Cousins in most matchups. You mentioned it. I mean, Kirk Cousins, he's safer than Kirk Cousins this week. I've already mentioned my distaste for Carson Wentz, who's padding his stats by just dink and dunk offense that isn't very good. And he's going up against Dallas this week um, with the seventh fewest fantasy points for opposing quarterbacks that made Drew Brees, like I've already mentioned, 127 yards, a pick and a touch. Uh, touchdown so yeah you're gonna say Carson Wentz is going into Dallas and having a much better game than Drew Brees probably not <laughs> probably not <laughs> not taking that bet I agree one of those quarterbacks is very very good all right <laughs> the other the other is to be determined. overrated <laughs> but he not to bash him he he could flourish he could flourish in a couple he's, of years he's, he's got, not there yet he's but. got some talent but we'll see you know all right. Uh, any other names you wanted to mention there? Uh, not really for the sleepers, yeah. I do. For creepers, Cart- Matt Stafford. You mentioned Galladay in Arizona. And we were talking about past week, Breeze 127 with a touchdown on the pick. Rodgers last week 230 with one touchdown against Arizona. They're pretty legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game is in Arizona. Matt Stafford has thrown two touchdowns in the last – um, three in less than 250 yards in the last four. Um, not many points there if you look at those numbers. So Agreed. I don't understand why you'd be playing Matt Stafford unless he was on Arizona. I I like <laughs> flipping quarterbacks in matchups because that changes the whole thing. It would be completely different. And I wonder if they would take that trade. Like, here, here's Rosen. Give us Stafford. Not now at this point in the season by any means. But mm-hmm. They'd have to think about it. Mm-hmm. They'd be better right now. Detroit has proven over and over again they're going nowhere with Stafford, but they just keep doing it every year, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if they would take a restart and go with Rosen and be like, it's just a fluke, bad offensive line. That's why he's playing that. Fitzgerald would probably love it. Yeah, no doubt. Especially now that uh, poor uh, Christian Kirk being out on IR, so it's all the Fitzgerald show down there. Yeah. And as freak as an athlete is, he doesn't really – he doesn't have it like he used to. Yeah. All right. But I do have one more creeper. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. And so that's Russell Wilson against Minnesota. It's basically, if the Cincinnati effect is you must start them, Minnesota is try absolutely as hard as you can not to start them. Yeah. They've been so good. Russell Wilson has only had three turnovers since week three, has been looking so good, and more than 17 fantasy points in every game since week five. I am blown away to say that after how the season started for them, but... But the Minnesota D is so good. I I would try to keep him out of your lineup if you can. I think there's too many good sleepers and keepers this week. I just think Russell Wilson's got one of the few death matchups for a quarterback. I'm not saying he's a top running back, but I think this week we could see Dalvin Cook easily have the best game of his season. I think you're on to something with that. I think he could have a big game. I'm not certain. I'm not certain either. He's not on my keeper list, but... 
I wouldn't hesitate to put him in my lineup, though. Yeah, the problem is that he's had low carries, but Andy's been inefficient at times. But anywho, there's, yeah. All right. I want to do a daily. Never mind. Let's not even talk about it. <laughs> we're done with running backs. Running backs were Just done forever ago. Go. Um, kickers and defenses. You got some names you want to throw out there? Some teams? Uh, I got a D I like. I like Buffalo against the Jets. I'm glad you're. I'm going to say it too. So it's like full circle. <laughs> we started out bushing, just bashing Buffalo. Yep. Allen has proved me wrong, whether it's passing or running for over 100 yards per game. Running for his life is what they say. <laughs> Did you hear the thing where it was like he ran for the third most yards, like from distance traveled in a oh, game yeah. ever by a quarterback? <laughs> like it was, it was something just running insane. everywhere. Like no, I didn't hear that. It was like. I, I would have to look it up. I'm I'm sad that I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but I thought it was some insane number, like way over 400 yards is what he was running because he's just circling in the backfield. People are on him the whole time. Then he just takes off running for big yards after breaking all the tackles. Sounds like Madden. He would have been so tired. Yeah. I can't even imagine how tired he was after that game. So he was still running for his life, and we're definitely right about Buffalo being a dumpster fire. But the Jets are just that much worse. Yes. <laughs> Yes, if that's possible. But, I mean, Allen has looked better than I thought he would, and at least surviving. Yeah. And so, oh, for sure he's impressed me. Especially with the receivers they have. I think, didn't they just cut Kelvin Benjamin, like, today? Or I don't know if they did or not. So, I think Zay Jones is just their dude now. Yeah. And rightfully so. He definitely looks like the most chemistry with Allen. I think the last time I mentioned Kelvin Benjamin is when I said he reminds me of Joe Flacco running routes, <laughs> and then I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> that was a, I think there was a... a he could probably be a good tackle for the Bengals. I don't know. I think he would be a better fit right now at left tackle than the ghost of Andre Smith, who he signed from last week. There's a defense either. I'll throw out another one. Dallas versus Philadelphia is probably a team you can get a hold of, and that's another good play in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. Got some kickers you wanted to mention? Um, I like Kaime Fairbairn, mm-hmm. actually. He, I mean, who knew he was actually the number one kicker overall? So yeah. If you're like me in a lot and of And he's leagues, still, you can just pick him up. And yeah. Indiana, Indianapolis in the Dome. In, in the Dome, gotta love it. C- secure conditions, great. They're in Houston, I should say. But it's oh. a Dome there. Oh, gotcha. Yes. There we go. You're correct. But... Uh, I think he's a great play this week. Yes. Um, he's, I think, the number one rated kicker in standard formats and standard scoring this year. Indianapolis isn't a super cake game for a defense, which, in my opinion, results in field goals. Yep. So I think we're getting us a really juicy matchup for kickers. Oh, yeah. Indianapolis is third most. Who's fourth most is Minnesota. Sebastian Manica- Janikowski at home. You can definitely get him in leagues, and he can always pop in a huge, long field goal, too. Yep. So there's another name for you if you're – not feeling your kicker this late in the season. So, or you stream them like we do. Anyways, here we go. On to our next segment. Next segment. Stud, studs and duds list here. Yes. So, we go through eight names that are the biggest, the biggest buzz around fantasy football land. And we say stud, dud, in what regard. And we just go down the list of the eight. So, who you got, John? Well, the first name on my list is uh, Jalen Samuels. You've already heard of him this podcast, if you've been listening. Yep. What do you think? Definitely a stud. Yeah. Uh, Oakland, great matchup. Um, great opportunity with Connor being injured. You, I mean, I was going to say you love to hear the ankle injury is more severe than we thought. <laughs> you really don't want to yeah. hear that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm just going to say for Samuels, it really is him a great opportunity and this great matchup to really come onto the NFL stage swinging. And stud plus if you get the chance to put him at tight end for the fantasy oh, playoffs man. and Connor misses them because he may have won the league on that. If he takes over this committee, that'd be... Like the only people that are going to beat you at the tight end position are probably going to be Ertz and, and Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. And I mean, Kittle will probably get equivalent production with mm-hmm. Ebron as well. But like... He's right there. He's a yeah. top five tight end play if he has tight end eligibility and plays running back for the yeah. Steelers. So could be really cool. Yeah. Steven Ridley, stay away from Samuels. Let him get his carries. <laughs> You've had your time. Old man, <laughs> just just get those short yardage third downs in the middle of the field, and we'll be fine. All right. Give me another name. Uh, I like Jeff Wilson Jr. as a stud as well. I think so too, until he gets hurt. And some, if I was him, I probably wouldn't play. 
I would probably go out with a cast on all of my body parts <laughs> yeah. for this game because I've never seen more injuries in my whole life in this right. San Francisco team. Yeah. At every skill position and quarterback the whole year, they look cursed. So unfortunate for all San Francisco fans. They're still playing still, pretty competitive. Like, I know. With the most backups of backups all the way around the roster. It's 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 impressive for him, and I I liked rooting on San. I like John Lynch a lot. So when he went to San Francisco, there's nobody on there I really dislike. Um, especially Foster, got really good. Cool. Shannon, yeah. Um, it, it's been sad, but at the same time, they've been better than Arizona, the Jets, Oakland all season long, and they were just playing anything, and it, that just speaks to the coaching that Shanahan and them has done yeah. with the roster construction. So. Yeah, go ahead and pick Jeff Wilson up until I don't want to jinx the poor man. I hope he finishes this season. Uh, he, someone deserves to stay healthy. Yeah, and let let it be him. But with an opportunity like that, it's good. Denver's gotten shelled a few times this year. I think you could probably plug him in as a flex this week, and you wouldn't be hurting too bad. Yeah, there's a few people I like more, but eh, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, okay. Uh, it depends because Alfred Morris is a love, you know, a Shanahan puppet. So. Yeah, he'll probably be activated, and I don't know who gets the most carries at the end of that game. I don't know either, but, but they seem to like always put in Morris, and the next guy outplays him, so then they just put in the other guy. Right, like they learn quickly. So if he has a long run any, at any point in early on in that game, I think he wins the job. Yeah. All right, all right. Another name: uh, Dante Pettis versus Denver. Where do you got him? Well, if I had him as a sleeper, then I must have him <laughs> as a stud. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to actually label him as a dud, though, this week. I think he's worth the acquisition, but the small sample size, all the injuries for San Francisco, getting keyed on, Denver at times being much more exploitable through the run game. But no Chris Harris this week. Gone. True. Even so. Even so, you're playing Alshon Jeffrey over him. I didn't say that. Well, then he's a stud. You're picking him up and you're plugging him in over some crap that you got. Uh, not Demarius in my, not Thomas. In my lineup. A, Demarius Thomas. I'm a... Put I'm, him in there. I'm picking up I'm picking up the average receivers that are all hurt. Maybe if you have a Christian Kirk on your team, that's the sort of roster shuffle I would do with Pettis. I'm not putting him in my lineup though this week. I just don't think the high upside that we saw last week is at all sustainable. Two weeks now. He he was two, yes, but he's been touchdown reliant in the first game. The second game was a pure all around great game. He's got over two hundred yards in two weeks. Yes, he does. I like it. I don't know. I'm not saying he's a great play, but I'm saying over some of the crap that's still owned over 90% of leagues based on their name. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I see what you're saying, but at the same time. I'm just giving him credit over the people that are owned. I'm there there to are a lot of people that are still owned in leagues that I'm looking at and just stunned when yeah. it looks to like in general owning percentages. Like the fact that you're you'd be able to look at certain individuals like uh, Alshon Jeffrey that we mentioned a minute ago that people like uh, I don't know even like you could argue Golden uh, you can argue Golden Tate for sure you can he got a he, touchdown last week outside he had of that one good game so it's kind of like I don't know but when when you're looking at like the seventy percent owning area with like Sammy Watkins I would probably be willing to cut Sammy Watkins at this point based Sammy. on his injuries and sadly he's gonna have such a good rebound season before he got injured. I agree. So I, I think I think there's just a couple of people that people are holding on to a little too tight that you might be able to move on from maybe Isaiah Crowell in the same game where he's just had a few huge games to blow up his numbers a little bit more. I would have said that last Jackson. week. He looked good all of a sudden again. I don't even know about Crowell. So that means three weeks of nothing again, I guess, until I think the end of the year. Yeah. He'll just coast right in <laughs> with his strange high volume games. So frustrating. All right, let's just give him another name. That was fun. <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> Justin Jackson. I mean, it was on our list last week, and now whatever. I guess he's a stud, and might as well pick up his backup, too, because he's on the Chargers. So yep. I guess every running back's playable. <laughs> in this particular game, yes, I agree. Yeah. Justin Jackson's firmly in my flex spot. If you can get a hold of him, I think he's one of the better ones you can get this week. Cincinnati effect. Yeah. I don't really need to say a whole lot more. Yeah. Okay. LeGarrette Blunt. Stud. I agree, stud. Arizona, way too good. Of matchup, people have been struggling to pass against them. Injuries at running back. If carry on plays, I wouldn't play him, but it doesn't look like he will. So high carry, soft matchup equals solid flex play. I like him. Yep. Plus, you gotta get touchdowns. <laughs> so can't argue with that. They don't even have a good tight end on the roster. Blunt's your man. I think he's a good flex play this week. All right. Stephen Ridley 
versus Oakland. What do you think? Um, I'm going to say dud in my opinion, but if you got a gut feeling that he's going to lead that committee, then he would be a stud, but uh, no thanks. Uh, not, I'm not really feeling it. Yeah. I think if there's a guy to own, it's Samuels. I mean, maybe if this ankle sprain is as bad as they say, maybe I pick him up, maybe he gets a touchdown this week and then ends up looking a little more valuable next week. But I, I'm not loving it. I think you could probably let him sit one more week. Yeah. I'm not... And even if he does do something, I, nah. It hasn't really even touched more than like... I don't believe it is. I don't know what the committee's going to look like that they have in quotations there, so... Yeah, to be honest, I'm way more thrilled about the passing game for Pittsburgh. I think they just lean more on that. Yeah. They got tight ends. They got receivers that can catch in the red zone. I, I don't know if... I don't know if I'm that in love with Ridley as a goal line option only sort of guy. I think they'll go with the younger guy with Samuels over him. More versatile. Be interesting. I think we're both saying done. Yeah. Another name. Adam Humphreys. He shouldn't be on this list because I had him last week as a sleeper and he gave you another touchdown. Yep. I think he's a stud. Winston, at quarterback, that's all you need to tell me. Honestly, though. It's so weird because he seemed to be completely uninvolved or like the fifth option or just like eh, sprinkled in throughout while Fitzpatrick was playing. But mm-hmm. with Winston, he's yeah. money. Mm-hmm. He's like his favorite dude. Yeah. So because of that, soft matchup this week against New Orleans. I mean, they're not going to be running well, so they have to throw five touchdowns in the last five games. Like, we had a big talk about Zeke last episode. Zeke ran the ball as good as you can against the Saints. Yeah, I honestly believe that. And it still wasn't like, you know, whoa. But he he had a great game. Yeah, he, he contributed in the passing game and mm-hmm. then moved the ball well enough to where they so actually... To just get the chains going. Yes. They just had to respect it. Mm-hmm. And that was all it took. <laughs> Peyton Barber's no Zeke. No. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of a discrepancy. There. <laughs> all right. One more name. And I got Jalen Richards. Can't believe he's back on this list. Don't do it. You're doing it again. Jalen Richard. It's a Richard. <sighs> it's Richard. I <laughs> it's messed it up Richard. again. Ah, I'll never remember. <laughs> because he's it's be so better, insignificant. So remember. <laughs> he's back on the list. <laughs> I mean, I'll say the exact same thing I said when we talked about him four weeks ago, five weeks ago. He's good in games where Oakland's going to get blown out and the defense is kind of trashy on the opposing team so against Kansas City well even well last week against Kansas City he's going to have the yards if you're telling me he's going up against Cincinnati it's another game where he's playable Uh, Doug Martin is actually the guy there Mm -hmm. and he's just so yeah you're right I mean Gruden just keeps shouting the praises from the mountaintops on Doug Martin for like Hope we can have him next year, too. And it's like, well... And they just signed C.J. Anderson today. There you go. Probably the first time you heard it. Here on the show. Right here. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me, but... I didn't know he was relevant four years ago. I thought everyone was kind of over him. Not yet, man. Okay. C.J. Anderson. There he is. I I would keep him firmly on the duds. That's a bonus dud for you this week. (laughs) C.J. Anderson. And you heard he was added here, and he was a dud. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't want to... I don't get it. Yeah, I I just see tougher Pittsburgh matchup. I don't know what their schedule is for the rest of the season, but unless they're playing Cincinnati, Atlanta, um, New Orleans, Kansas City again, I don't know what they're playing, but those are matchups I'd play them in. Matchups I wouldn't play them in. Pittsburgh... Most teams. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Split backfield. He's not a feature back. Bad on. And Doug Martin even catches passes. Does it kind of okay. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. All right. Well, that'll be it for our studs and duds. Now on to the fantasy foresight. We're talking about all of the questions that we have for projections mm-hmm. going forward in this week. And we're going to pick our favorites from people that are... In my estimation, pretty close. So yeah. We'll see. We took these the names off the list pretty close. So what we got? First, most passing yards this week. Mm. Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, or Baker Mayfield? You want to answer the first one first, or you want me to answer the first one first? I want you to answer the first one first. I'm going Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield? Yep, I've already harped on him already, so we got him back in this. He is ranked below both of these quarterbacks in most lists that you look at. And he's he's going to air it out, man. He's getting passing yards, so 
Mahomes versus Baltimore. No thanks. Andrew Luck in Houston. Again, I like that actually more than I like the Mahomes, but... It's so tough. Like, because Mahomes is, Insane. in my mind, completely matchup proof. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at yards, Baltimore limits those. So, rough play. Andrew Luck against Houston. Andrew Luck was the most consistent quarterback pretty much in the league until the random dud yeah. that rang Weird. throughout the world. I don't, I don't know what that was. And then Baker Mayfield against Carolina. And that is definitely the easiest matchup of the three. But I think i got to go Andrew Luck. I think I'm going to have to go aberration is what happened there. I think against Houston, he leads for passing yards this week. But I like I kind of like all three still. I think I would have all three as quarterback ones this week as well. Cool beans. Kind of weird. I dig it. We differ. We differ. But who will have the most rushing yards this week? Lamar Miller, Gus Edwards, or Nick Chubb? Yeah, Lamar Miller is interesting. He's got the second most yards per game in the last four weeks. So, what you got? <sighs> Another tough one. <laughs> like, Nick Chubb's the name I, w- I want to stare at a long time, but his effectiveness actually on the ground running the football between the tackles has really suffered it's over been the last few weeks. His efficiency's really been kind of rough all year. Mm-hmm. His usage is through the roof, and I don't think he's by any means unplayable because he's utilizing the passing game well enough, which surprises me still with Duke Johnson on that roster. And Lamar Miller's super hot, but he's, I thought, the most average vanilla running back in the league, so I didn't know he even had this sort of upside. So I got to go Gus Edwards. I yeah, guess, you Kansas do. Kansas City. Yeah, me too. Uh, Gus the bus. Welcome to the bus stop, baby. We did <laughs> the bus stop. We. I don't know. I just. I can't not look at Gus Edwards and say that is so appealing. As long as that ankle holds up and he doesn't pull a burrito and just keeps dwindling down until he's finally out. Yeah. He's, love it. What's not to love about him? He gets tons of carries. Run first offense. He has great synergy with Lamar Jackson in comparison to the other running backs. He hasn't fumbled like Alex Collins, so... Yeah, I think it's Collins' job's gone. Man. Like, I like Lamar Miller against Indy, and I like Chubb against Carolina, but I think I love Gus Edwards against Kansas City. As long as he's healthy. If you're telling me he's full go... He's getting 23 Oof. carries, probably, if he's full go. Hot dog. That's what I like to hear. I agree with you, by the way. Gus Edwards is my pick. Gus Edwards. Nice. And he is ranked below both of those running backs. In most lists. So there you go. We're going underdogs. Underdog story. Woo woo. But who will have the most receiving yards? Are we going to go underdogs again? Tyreek Hill against Baltimore. Julio Jones against Green Bay. Or Mike Evans against New Orleans. Well, these are a lot of top dogs. And I'm thinking we may agree again based on what you said prior in this cast. Uh, we saw Tyreek Hill revert back to the gnome on a jetpack. And if you miss him, you miss him. <laughs> uh, 13 receiving yards last week. So there you go. He's had those four games over 20 points that people draft him for. Pretty much hits his average. He may not have another one for the rest of the season and let all those fantasy playoff owners down. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, That's Tyreek Hill for you. I don't like him in this matchup. No. That's for sure. Versus Baltimore, no. I still don't, don't like any wide receiver that's not getting red zone targets. He just breaks all the stuff away. It drives me nuts. Um, Julio Jones. I've already said I'd... Against Green Bay, I don't. I think he's got a downer of a week, and I agreed with you with Mike Evans. So Mike Evans is my guy against New Orleans. It's definitely going to be a coin flip between Julio and Mike Evans, and it's weird to leave the top receiver in fantasy off the list. But this matchup is just, I think, too cruel with yeah. Baltimore. I gotta go Julio though. I think he rebounds in a strong way against okay. Green Bay. Mike Evans, I love too. It's re- really a coin flip between the two. I think they're both S plus tier this week. So. Julio's my guy. I'm going to go yardage. S-plus, dear. Some League of Legends ratings for you all out there. (laughs) S-plus. Okay, I dig it. I mean, I can't argue. You didn't pick Tyree Kill, which would have made me cringe a little bit. Just because you take four weeks out of his season, he's got like a worse year than Alshon Jeffrey that I'm bashing. So, (laughs) I guess so. Anyways, all right. And now the final question. Who is the most valuable fantasy player with the most fantasy points this week? DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson, or Leonard Fournette? Man. Out of these three, who's the best? This is your question to answer first. It is. This was maybe the hardest list of the whole night. 
I'm going to have to go DeAndre Hopkins this week as the most valuable of the three against Indy. I know I just talked about that I don't love his matchup, but I think Indy's a little bit vulnerable to maybe elite talent. I don't think I look at their roster and see elite talent sprinkled all the way throughout it. So I think he wins the matchup overall. I like David Johnson against that matchup, and I kind of dislike Fournette in that matchup, but he's probably but my But he's getting player. so many touchdowns. And carries, and yeah. he's getting even receiving plays heading his way. Like you said, this is a very tough tough question, um, but I'm going David Johnson versus Detroit. I just love his matchup there. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say much. I'm not going to bash the other ones. I think Fournette's got the worst match. And he's a tough matchup, too. Yeah, they're low-key so hard. Like, I remember the days where you could just see Indy on the defensive matchup and mark it down as a plus matchup, bottom eight in defense, no matter what category you looked at, back when Peyton Manning was playing. And mm. I just loved that five-year period. But that's not this Indy anymore. They're actually good on defense. Yeah. And they're young, too, so more to come in years from them and more to come from us in further episodes. Got anything you want to add tonight, John? No, uh, I guess just thanks for listening, and uh, good luck in the fantasy playoffs. I hope this helps. May the money be ever heading your way. There you go. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting us an ad. It's pretty cool. We hit a little milestone, so episode 18. Y'all keep listening now. You hear?